friends i'm looking at the time it's just gone half past 10 i have a friend that i'd like to introduce you to um and chat with um uh, tolofelo are you on the line with us uh, at the moment yes i am on the line yeah i can uh, hear you loud and clear brother it's great to be joined by you I'll switch on my video if you need me to. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, then we can uh, we can put you on and uh, people can see who I am uh, speaking to with. Um, uh, so maybe just to say to to those who are listening in, um, over the next couple of months, I, I, I really want to introduce you to a number of people from all over the country that are ministering in different places at different local churches. Uh, my desire is really to expose you to local churches and to get an idea of what's happening in local churches around the country, uh, to interact a little bit with uh, with pastors um, and engage with them, ask them a couple of uh, key questions uh, related uh, to the ministry that they are involved in. Uh, last week we heard from our first brother, uh, Sibu, from the church in Mamalodi, and uh, this morning uh, we have uh, uh, Tolo on uh, with us. Um, maybe you'd like to take an, an opportunity just to introduce us both to yourself, um, to your family, as well as to the church that you serve. Yes, thank you very much, Father uh, Mark. I've enjoyed the, the conversation, especially talking about Bible translations and all of that, because that's, uh, that's my thing as well. And I pulled out my CSB because I, I heard you praising it how you saw it here next to me. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> I'll use the CSB. Um, but it won't be my go-to translation. Yeah, so I, I'm a feet washer at uh, Free State uh, Bible Church, you know, wash the, the feet that come there, the, the sheep uh, that come there. And it's been a joy and a pleasure to serve. I'm married to Gidu, and we've been married for close to 10 years now because it'll be 10 years in March next year, and we have two children, a daughter of seven and a son of five. And, yeah, we, we just enjoy loving uh, uh, serving the uh, the Lord and the lost people also serving us and loving us so yeah that's uh, who I am and uh, I, I mean in, in terms of the church uh, where exactly are you guys located when do you meet uh, what does a Sunday morning service look like and feel like um, what, what do you guys do midweek Yes, we are located right at the center of uh, Bloemfontein. So we're in Bloemfontein. Yes. So And right at the center of Bloemfontein. So near Mimosa Mall, it's literally just across Mimosa Mall. And everybody who is from Bloemfontein knows where Mimosa Mall is. So when people want to come to our church, we just say, come to Mimosa Mall and just look across the road. You will see the sign there. And so that's where we are. And it's close to the University of the Free State as well. So we, we're fairly central, we're in Brandwach, and that's what we, we do. So we are a very small church, you know, that, uh, that, that worships the Lord, uh, trying to, to mix the, the regulative principle of worship and the normative, the traditional and contemporary at the same time. And, and we're very intimate because we are a small uh, church. But when you come into our church, you will feel that we, we are about the Savior, who died for us on the cross from start to finish. So we are Christ-centered in everything that we do. Um, yeah, so we, we have our services on Sunday in the morning at 9, and then we have Bible study at 7 on Wednesdays, 7 p.m., and there we do inductive Bible studying, and then we have street evangelism every Saturday um, at around 9 as well. Uh, 
and then um, Sunday uh, evenings, that is every first Sunday of the month, we have the Lost Supper, that is communion. And every last Sunday of the month, we have a prayer meeting, which is really focused on missions, because we want to get involved in the gospel work and what God is doing. And to also encourage our own members to become missionaries, uh, taking the gospel to the lost so that people may obey the Lord Jesus Christ, as Paul says in Romans chapter 1. And so, yeah, that's who we are and that's what we do. We, we preach the Bible and uh, only the Bible. Hey, a couple of things interest me um, as you were talking. By the way, you've got a voice for radio, brother. I could listen to you all day long. Um, but a couple of things that you said. I, it, I love yours. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, yeah, I enjoy yours. <laughs> uh, a couple, couple of things that you said interested me. Uh, the one I just want to pick up a little bit on. So weekly you guys do street evangelism. Yes. Okay, so, so I mean, what does that look like? Um, uh, how, how, do, how do you engage in street evangelism? I'm, I'm fascinated. Yeah, so it's, it's led by uh, my associate pastor, Deboho, yes. who uh, takes a group of young men basically in the church, and they just just outside because we have, you know, a lot of movement because we are right next to the mall, so people come and go yes. and so we have many who pass there we have street vendors and we have you know Chesanyama uh, Brai next to the road so there are many people that we uh, can interact with so they meet with people as they pass and we do it close to the church so that we can just say you know if we need a church here we are just across the road and there we just talk people ask who you are what do you do where you come from and and take it from there in, in sharing the gospel with uh, with the people that we meet there, so it's a one on one um, kind of gospel evangelism that we do. So, in the in the past, particularly at Crystal Park, we engaged in two forms of uh, of of that kind of evangelism. The one was door to door. We'd just go door to door, knock on doors on Sundays, and uh, and then share the gospel as and when we could, um, or, or walk the streets and find clusters of people and share the gospel. Uh, the other one was was kind of uh, hard street preaching, so find a corner where there's where there's some level of busyness, and, and then preach the gospel and take an opportunity to preach the gospel. Um, I didn't find them. Uh, I found them very beneficial to myself personally. They really did build my faith, gave me opportunities to preach and to proclaim and gave others opportunities as well but we didn't we we often didn't see as much um uh, folk coming into the local church as we did through other mechanisms like people inviting family and friends to church uh, do you guys find it any different uh, in bloom or or is it fairly similar it's, it's fairly similar in fact we have many times talked about changing you know the approach uh, because yeah, most people who come it's through invites or people that we know personally. It's never from state evangelism, but we would hope that people would come from there. But you know, as we are seeking the Lord, we, we don't want to just sit and do nothing. So that's I why like we that. took on the initiative to yes. to still share the gospel. So, my, so my, my personal approach, you yeah. know, is to get to know somebody and get to know them really, really well. Yes. Invite them to know who they are and just be interested. In in their lives holistically, whether they study, they work, or unemployed, whatever they do, and, and, and show them the, the care and love that I have for them as as a whole person, and not just that I care about whether you're saved or not. So yeah. my approach is a kind of a slow approach, which yes. is why I do one-on-one -on -one a lot. 
Yeah. I invite people to go out to them, visit them, see them, so this person can see and know that. You know, you know Tola, I think I'm I'm probably fairly similar to you. Uh, well, look, I, yeah. I I I pretty much try and do whatever I can do, but um, fairly similar to you. I mean, this this past week befriended um, uh, a guy at our local um, Indian cuisine uh, establishment where we went and got Indian food. Um, although he certainly is a believer, and uh, and we had a great gospel conversation, um, but also took my son for a haircut um to a to a local barber because he needed a fade with a with a lightning bolt down the side dad that's what i want a lightning bolt down yeah the very very in fact you could have had your could have had your haircut that's crazy if my wife is listening in you uh, she'll uh, she'll point out your hair your haircut uh, right now to him so he got a very similar cut to you fade up the side lightning bolt on the on the one side that he keeps it whenever he talks he, he leans to the side so that people can see his lightning bolt it's so cute, um, but um, and and then had a great conversation with with uh, with our barber um, Abdul and uh, was able to interact and engage with him and uh, we'll certainly make the opportunity to go and speak to him again um, and 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 obviously aim. I mean, I presented myself as a pastor at uh, at a church and and we'll try and steer the conversations toward the gospel uh, as best as I can. Um, but I do think that that is a great mechanism for. For, for interacting and engaging with people and introducing them both to the person of Jesus Christ but also to Bible-believing churches. Um, I do like the street preaching and uh, hard door-to-door evangelism um, because you are right. It, 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 it makes use of, an, of opportunities and sometimes we just sit on our laurels um, and we're not too sure where to start. Well, the Bible certainly gives us um, a great um, uh, great examples in the person of Paul and the person of people uh, Peter, uh, and they're preaching in the agoras, and so I, I quite like I quite like street evangelism as well, um, and, and it can be really exciting and fun. We have an E three team at church, um, and they do kind of training for street evangelism, and it's and it's always great to see how excited people get about the presentation of the gospel when they know it. Yes, it does give people the courage as well because when you interact with different people, you sort of get to know the different answers and then also prepares, you know, the the unbelievers to be courageous and share the gospel and be ready to give, you know, explanations for some of the kind of challenging questions that might come even in the future when they have one-on-one situations. So it is beneficial. So even if we don't see, you know, kind of the the results that we want to see immediately like people coming to church the next day sometimes they will honor the invitation and never come again but it certainly does give the, the believers the um, you know the um, the courage to share the gospel um, and be comfortable at it now help me out yeah so you and I, I I think hold to some peculiar distinctives um, as a uh, as a kind of a family of churches, one of them would be expository preaching, um, the mechanism by which we preach on a given Sunday, uh, making the main point of a passage of scripture, the main point of our sermon, and then applying it into the hearts of those who are gathered. Um, but what are you currently preaching? Now, you, you actually might say, well, Mark, actually, we, we, we're doing a topical series at the moment, and, and that's fine as well. But what, what are you guys currently preaching through? What, why are you preaching through that? What are you planning on doing in terms of sermons um, uh, next year in 2023? Um, yeah, well, talk a little bit about the, the, the preaching philosophy and styles uh, that, and, and content that you're currently doing. 
Yes, you're very right, you know, prophetic, that uh, at this moment we are doing topical. Because, yeah, you know, people are aware it's holidays. But, uh, you know, I plan the topicals usually at the beginning of the year, knowing what to do in December. But the main diet at the moment, you know, double for the associate pastor is preaching through James. Yes. Uh, but that's why you get the opportunity to preach. But the main yeah, it's diet a tough, it's is a tough, It's a tough book. Uh, at least I, I found it a tough here, book. It was like heavy lifting exegetically. Like you, uh, uh, just yeah. as a preacher prepping those sermons each week, um, you really had to understand both Old Testament, New Testament, Jesus and his teaching in terms of Sermon on the Mount and, and then bring it to bear with everything that you understand from the Pauline epistles. It was I found it a very, very difficult book to preach through. It is. It is a difficult book to preach, and he's doing, he's doing a, a very encouraging job. And, and yet, I guess, yeah. because it is difficult, yeah, it's uh, rich, you know, as you unpack all of those gospel truths. Yes, indeed. But yeah, I'm preaching f- uh, through First Corinthians. Okay. Um, and yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, there are a number of reasons why I'm preaching through First Corinthians, and that's what we we'll do um, in, in you know, when we begin again next year, we'll start coming back and. And it's because it's my favorite epistle by the Apostle Paul. Yes. I've been studying it since 2010, and I've read, you know, over 300 books or so on it. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so I- I'm giving to the congregation what the Lord has freely given me. And the second reason is that, you know, First Corinthians, I think, is one of the, the books that will always be applicable to, to any church at any time, because the issues that are addressed there, yes. you know, are, are in... In every church, or will be if they're not yet in in every church. So, yeah, churches will face those issues, you know, like sexuality, marriage issues, meat sacrifice to idols, worship, spiritual gifts, um, the resurrection. You, you mentioned just now you were talking about, you know, people dying and will rise again, and so all those, uh, you know, Paul deals with marriage, virginity, whatever the case may be. So, yeah. Uh, that, that's what I'm doing at the moment. But I also love the book really, really well. And it also deals with, with, with worldliness, mm. you know, um, um, and addresses it because there is a, world, a lot of worldliness in the church. And the problem, and one of the commentators that I read said, you know, the problem with Corinth was not that the, the church was in Corinth, it's because too much of Corinth was in the church. And so we want to deal with that. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the, the most important reason I love, that, I love that quote, by the way. Uh, that's like excellent. We, we're working through the book of uh, 1 Corinthians in our evening service as well. And everything that you have just said resonates resonates with me. Um, uh, just the, the, the Paul's kind of approach to worldliness, Paul's approach to, um, uh, to uh, ecclesiology, uh, to practice, right practice, worship in the church, all of these things just so helpfully laid down in the book of 1 Corinthians. I can, I can see why you'd be attracted to it. I'm a little bit jealous yeah, of how much time you've you spent prepping um, for a sermon series. Like normally I get a couple of months to prep for a sermon series. Uh, the idea of having spent uh, like a decade prepping for a sermon series, that's great. Uh, what kind of pace are you going through 1 Corinthians? Yeah, I mean, I, obviously I, I, I work from the, the, you know, very I'm very privileged to, to be able to just read the Greek, you know, without the English. So I... I don't know when I read the English Bibles. It's usually by Friday or Saturday. So I've been working on it uh, um, straight from the Greek text. So it, it takes me a while, but I really enjoy, you know, spending time there. 
but but I wanted to say the two most important reasons why I'm preaching the book are, are the inspired reasons in the text itself. Mm. You know, First Corinthians chapter one verse eleven that tells us that Chloe's people, you know, reported to Paul about the problems in the church, and so Paul is responding to those problems. Yes, and also the the, um, the text beginning with First Corinthians chapter seven verse one, chapter seven verse twenty five, eight one, twelve one, eleven one, so on and so forth. That that begin with now concerning things about which you wrote. So those are the inspired reasons that you know I, I preach the um, uh, the book for, uh, uh, besides uh, the practical ones that, that are helpful. But yeah, uh, the book uh, tells itself why it's written. So uh, we want to stick to why the book is written. And, and where, 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 are, where are you currently in the book? I just finished chapter two, so we're going to get into chapter three. And chapter, okay. chapter two was really important and challenging. Yes. Uh, because um, it it helped us to deal with kind of the problem that Paul um, dealt with there of division and how he saw himself just as a servant. And that helps us to even deal with how I think the problem in evangelicalism of maybe inadvertently, you know, um, idolizing, you know, certain preachers, people not honoring the pastors who pour themselves um, into their lives daily, you know, on their statuses they quote, pastors here and there yes. that you mark, you prepare for your people, you, you, you pray about them, you pray for them, you meet with them, and and uh, God gives you a message to deliver to you. So Paul was kind of saying, but what is Apollos? What is Paul? What, what are we? We're just mere servants. Do not elevate anyone above any other because God is the one who is at work. So just use that to say, let's honor pastors and let's take the, the pastors really seriously that God has given us to shepherd the church because we, we have the message um, and we know the congregation very well, which is why towards the, uh, when I've had, when I have my outline prepared, sermons, all those things, then I pull out the, the list of the names of the people at church, pray through them, yes. thinking about some aspect that I find in the text that may be applicable to so-and-so and see how to help them. So, so that helped to say to people, you know, really we preach the gospel and that's the main thing. Mm. But most importantly, we do it for you yes. because we are thinking about you uh, as as the as the uh, members of the congregation. So, yeah, that's where we are, and I'm excited for for chapter three. Uh, that will start maybe early February or so. So we've hit the first ten chapters in 2022, and uh, <coughs> yeah, very early in 2023, we're going to be. We're going to be hitting now concerning the spiritual gifts, <laughs> chapter 12, uh, 13 and 14. And I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, really looking forward to going through that with a fine tooth comb again um, and yes. uh, and being yeah. built up um, both in faith and in practice. Because I, th- I think uh, as you get to those chapters, I, I think we, we kind of we kind of focus on on uh, speaking in tongues when we get there but uh, I'm fairly certain that Paul has worship uh, in mind particularly in chapter 14 and so much to learn yeah Um, Yeah, people have asked asked me questions about you know those things in 1 Corinthians 12 and I always say to them we'll get there I've not answered a single one about what's in there I said you know trust the exegesis because while we, we preach, we also teach to interpret the Bible. Let's see how we get to chapter 12 and, you know, chapter 12 to 14. <laughs> because, yeah, because Paul has oh, yeah. a rhythm. I mean, he, he really has a rhythm. He's being very intentional as he's answering each one of these questions. And he's building a, he, he's got a great logical argument which flows the whole way through the scripture. And, and it is, uh, I mean, we were talking about reading the Bible and reading it in context. 
Um, 1 Corinthians is another great example of a book where you really want to read the whole book so that you can understand the mechanism that Paul is using to transfer this information across to people, not individual verses which are often quoted out of context uh, and then you, you miss out. So, uh, yeah, because the important thing is why is he saying this and why is he saying it here? Yes. And, and we want to do that every time. You know, and, uh, Bra- and brother, yeah. where, where, where's God at work in your community, uh, your church, your city? Yeah, so uh, I mean, we, we have to really be, uh, um, you know, consider, or we have to consider ourselves as a, as a transient city because Bloomington is a, is a difficult city. Um, but yeah, uh, during the holidays, about eighty percent of the people leave. So we are really, hmm. um, you know, focusing on knowing that people will leave. Very yes. difficult to find jobs here. Yes. And if students come, they they come and go. So where God is at with us now is to teach us to to prepare people to be healthy church members while we still have them. Yes. So that they can be healthy church members at healthy churches wherever God may send send them to 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 serve. So that's what we, we see. But there's also also a great need in the church, obviously um, in, in the city, um, um, you know, as a whole. Yeah, so we have challenges in the church, you know, of, of commitment, um, um, financial difficulties, which, you know, the country is struggling, so that will affect the church as well. Um, and then in our church also, you know, when people come, it's very difficult to find people who are like-minded that you can bond with and say, you know, we are in the same kind of stages of life or fields of study or whatever the case may be because we are such a small church. But what unites us is, is the gospel, and that's something that really holds us together um, and, and the Savior that we uh, that we worship. Um, and, yeah, so we, we are about, you know, encouraging people to, to be part of the bigger picture of why God made us in his image and likeness, to be, to be part of, of taking the gospel to the world to show people who God is, and so from this small church, we want to, to, to be, you know, like God wants us to be, and that's that's where we are, and so. But there are more there are more ups than downs, but unfortunately, you know, we remember more the downs than the ups, and when they are, <laughs> they're encouraging people and discouraging people. You, you go home thinking about discouraging ones, and you forget the encouraging ones, and the Lord has helped me to. To really repent of that and shepherd people well, sometimes one person and then it feels like it's a whole congregation. So, yeah, so we we are we have the normal struggles. We're a small church, but we have big church problems. Like <laughs> church, <laughs> church, church, church is church. I mean, I, I've I've been I've been at churches of five people and I've been at churches of hundreds and hundreds of people, and the reality is they are common denominators which are thread the whole way through because people are people. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I mean there might be someone listening Or I, I just actually assume that there's someone listening in Bloemfontein uh, That might be looking for a church for Christmas uh, Might be looking for a church um, uh, a, a local church where, where they can attend a Bible teaching church a, a, a church which loves God's word and loves ex- the expounding of God's word um, Maybe give a listener who's living near your church A, a, a reason to come and consider visiting you Yes, uh, yeah. You will find, you know, a church that is serious about why we are made in the image and likeness of God and why we care for humanity. We understand that we are commissioned to be image bearers of God, displaying the gospel daily 
you know, in, in our social, economic, political areas. So when you come to our church, that's that's what will train you to be. We'll train you to, to study the Bible yourself, to know it yourself. We will train you and teach you to know that, you know, it is not by your works that you're saved, but by the substitutionary death of the Lord Jesus Christ and understand that message really well to take it to the world. And, um, yeah, we, we, we that's who we are and that's um, who we'll be. And when you come, that's what you're going to hear. And uh, God will allow you to use the gifts that you have because being a small church, it means that, you know, there's a lot of room for people to use their gifts. Um, if you have any gifting, like for music, for example, you, you, you'll be needed. And so that's why we need people to uh, to attend our church. But this coming uh, Sunday for Christmas, uh, I will um, invite people to come and hear something maybe a little unusual for Christmas, um, speaking about abortion. But there is a, there's a good reason why um, I'll be preaching from Genesis chapter 1, 26 to 28 on abortion because there it really touches on you know why Jesus came you know and uh, Jesus came as a baby and God chose to send him as an embryo into the world and he chose to suffer and you know uh, and that's why human beings should be in the world and so the image of God that we see Jesus being the image of God and us being image bearers really say that we should love humanity and see humanity for why you know for what it is and and really, um, yeah. So well, uh, um, so it has been good. Yeah. It has been good chatting to you. I I am looking forward to seeing you in 2023. I think since uh, COVID, uh, I've not actually had the opportunity to see you face to face. I used to yeah, see you quite a bit before that. Yeah. But maybe to the listeners, you have been listening to Table Talk with me, your host Mark, and we're going to be going to news shortly. And so until next week Friday, do you walk wisely, do you live holy, and do you testify zealously. God bless.